What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the I'm a Tell Like TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. I got a program for y'all today, and uh, y'all, y'all better buckle up because I don't know if y'all gonna be ready for uh, for what I got in store for you today. I'm leading off whether y'all like it, like it or not. I'm leading off with uh, Jacob Blake, and after that, I'll get to the sports as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned. Excuse me. Uh, the NBA playoffs are concerned, and uh, Errol Thomas getting cut, and we'll get into uh, and we'll we and we will get onto other things. Um, I I don't know. I, d- I don't know how many times, and I've only had to do this once, and that was in the beginning of June with George Floyd, but. I am really, really sick and tired of this nonsense. I, I'm, I, I am really sick and tired, sick and tired of this foolishness. I really am. I am so sick and tired of this. I'm, I'm so sick of it. Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, last Sunday, getting shot in the back five excuse me, seven times, seven times because he was trying to break up a fight. He got into an altercation with the police. And as he was getting ready to go into his car, a white police officer grabbed him by the tail of his T-shirt, standing essentially right on top of him and shot him in the back Seven freaking times. Pop, 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 pop. Seven times. And I'm trying to tell y'all right now. I don't know how many times... Does this have to happen? I don't know how many times do we have to see this on video on the internet for people to understand that this sort of behavior, especially from law enforcement, is unacceptable. How many times does this have to happen? Whether he had a knife or not, it's irrelevant. How many times does this have to happen with black men and then Breonna Taylor and Sandra Bland's case, black women getting hunted and targeted by the police who the majority of are white? How many times does this have to happen? How many times? How many times? How many times? See, it wouldn't be so bad if 
if uh, you know if everyone knew and was pretty much on on board with the fact that this is a problem and that this has to change, especially when it comes to leadership and when it comes to government officials and politicians. But when I turn on the news and and not even the news, but when I turn on TV and glance, I didn't watch it, but glance at the TV and see the RNC on, and I have to hear Trump's minions go out there in front of America. Because right now I'm at the point where what po politics plays a part in this, whether you want to recognize it or not. Politics and the people that are at the head of the U.S. federal government play a part in this. It's at the point you can't, you cannot, you cannot avoid it anymore. When I go out there and see that Trump's minions are perpetuating this quote-unquote fear into voters, giving them the mindset that. Black people are essentially, A, in most part in gangs, and B, trying to take over suburbia. And they're, quote-unquote, coming for them. When I see them perpetuate this fear, th th there's only so much, so much that, 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 that I can take. I, I got them talking about fear. I got them having the chutzpah to go on national television and perpetuate lies that black people are coming from. I, I got to listen to that now. I got to listen to Donnie Jr., his devil of a, of a girlfriend. I got to listen to all of his minions go out there and tell me that they that 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 white suburbia should be the one in fear. I got news for y'all. We ought to be the ones that's in fear. How many times does a black man have to get shot at or have the ass suffocated out of him in order for you nincompoops to wake up and realize that this is wrong and this will not be tolerated nor accepted. How many times? How many times do we have to have a a George Floyd, a Breonna Taylor, an Ahmaud Arbery, a Jacob Blake for y'all to get it through your heads, a Trayvon, for y'all to get it through their heads that this is not going to be tolerated? How many times? And I got to hear them talk about fear? Really? Really? They, they, they're the ones in fear. When I can give you a list as long as long as the freaking constitution of black people that are literally grown men too, that are literally scared to death when they get confronted or pulled over by the police. And it can be just as simple as a speeding ticket or, or a busted taillight. They're shaking in their boots. 
YouTuber Chris Smooth, Stephen A. Smith, grown men who can handle their own, who have a, a fan base of a million people, are scared like little children when they get pulled over by the police. We are not making this up. This is fact. This is fact. And I got to hear Trump and his minions talking about about fear? Really? I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this. And I'm so sick of hearing these these these, these asinine these dopes, I'm sick and tired of these middle-aged, for the most of them, these middle-aged white guys calling up talk shows around America saying, well, what about on what about the black-on-black -black crime? When will black people stop killing each other? What about when white people, what about when black people kill white people? Yada, 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 yada. As if one, like, like one has to do with the other. They're apples and oranges. Okay, in case y'all don't realize, us within our own community, we do talk about black on black crime. It's just y'all just don't want to hear it. We do talk about killing each other and killing our own. We do talk about it. We do care about it. And for the example, when black people kill white folk, if a 25-year-old black man went up and, and, and killed a 5-year-old, you bet your ass that that black kid... It's not only in handcuffs that same day, but it's in a jumpsuit, tagged, numbered, and in jail spending the night. That's a guarantee. I'm still waiting for Breonna Taylor's killers to be punished. Had no freaking clue in the world with the, with the, with the warrant thing. Go up in there. And she's simply in her sleep and they shoot her in cold blood. I'm still waiting on them to be arrested. I'm still waiting for them to be punished. This happened in what? The beginning of the year? I'm still waiting for that. We're a few days removed from being in September. And I'm still waiting for it. I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this. And I'm sick and tired of these yahoos posting on their social media or getting on, calling up radio shows talking about, well, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist, anti-Semite, anti-Christian organization. Oh, shut the hell up. Will you please? Just shut up. You don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. Just shut up. Shut up. Anti-Semite anti Marxist organization, my ass. Give me a break. Y'all something else, really. Y'all something else. Give me a break. Some movement about equality for, 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 for all people. And putting an end to basically black people being hunted like they're freaking, like they're like they're a flock of turkeys in the middle of October. I mean, give me hearing people call up radio shows. What you know? What the hell you're talking about? Just shut up. 
trying to make him out to be like there's some sort of domestic terrorist organization or something. Give me a freaking break. I'm just so sick and tired of the same damn thing over and over and over again. When is enough going to be enough? And I got to hear, talk about fearful, really? And I got to hear people calling up radio shows, getting on the NBA, really? Y'all have a problem with a professional sports league that's worth billions Promoting r racial equality. Really? Really? That's all it is. It's just racial equality. Is the NBA perfect with what they did with China? No. But we can't be concerned about China when we don't have stuff right in our own backyard. We can't talk about the speck in someone else's eye when we got a plank in our own. We can't sit up here and critique China and, and Hong Kong and all this when we don't have stuff right within our own nation. Are there hypocrisies there? Yes. But we can't sit up here and call out, call out China when we ain't right at here at home. You don't work like that. You can't skip steps. They're promoting racial equality. This isn't politics. This is human rights. What, what, what would it take for you idiots, you clueless, head up your ass morons to get that freaking message? This isn't politics. This is human rights. Human rights. Me being black should not have to cost me my life. Period. It shouldn't have to be a freaking death sentence. I'm so sick of this. Well, if they just comply, if they... Just shut up. Go, go somewhere else with that crap. I, I ain't here for it. I ain't listening to it. If they just this, if they that, if, 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 if. Then when Tessie do comply, we still get shot at. So don't sit and give me this, give me this comply and obey and, and, and all of this and, all, and, and, your, and your patronizing bull crap. I'm not here for it. Cause when we cause if some people actually do go ahead and do it, they still end up getting killed. So so you, you can miss me with your with your comply bullcrap. I'm not here for it. And you good cops out there need to show some balls, have the guts, and not be afraid to call out when one of your own screw up like this. To hell. With the, with the public shaming, to hell with being blackballed, to hell with being an outcast, to hell with the, with the police union. Y'all good cops out there need to grow up, be a man, be a woman, show some guts, ha and have the balls to call out this nonsense. Because y'all see it. Y'all just scared to say something. And your silence is complicit and you are part of the problem.
And you people out there that have issues with sports leagues promoting racial equality, y'all got to really shut up, get the hell off of social media, and do some serious soul searching. This this ain't about no politics. This is human rights. Don't get it twisted. It became political because, excuse my French, because that ass much in the White House made it political. That's why. He's playing politics with it. This ain't political. This is human rights. And do you honestly think for a second that if black people were the, were the, were the majority in America, do you really think that if black people, if black cops went around shooting white people the way white cops shoot black people, do you really think, do you really think that you white folks would stand for that? Do you really think you'd stand for that? Do you really think you'd stand for a man putting a knee on this man's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds? And quite frankly, I could give a damn about a $20 bill. I could give a damn about him being involved in the drugs. I'm not interested in that. That has nothing to do with each other. I could care less. I'm not interested in, in their past. I'm not interested in their criminal history. I don't give a damn if I don't give a damn if they if they have a meth if they have a meth crack and marijuana uh, uh, unit going on in their basement. It has nothing to do with it. You don't have a right as a police officer to take another human being's life, even if. They're breaking the law unless they're threatening your life. And don't give me this bull crap about well he had a knife. You really think one person is gonna out is gonna beat a uh, is gonna beat a team of five cops with bulletproof vests, tasers, and, and and weapons with a whole other team they could call with with automatic assault uh, rifles? Really? You really, you really think a person with a knife is, is gonna is gonna win is gonna win a battle against five cops with bulletproof vests and and, and 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 an arsenal of weapons at their side? Not to mention a whole entire team that they could call it from their precinct. Really? Are y'all are y'all that dense? Y'all that freaking stupid? Really? You're gonna insult my? I insult our intelligence like that? Oh, wake the hell up, will you please? Wake up! It's just ridiculous. How many times do we have to go through this? You think I'm sitting here? I want to sit here and talk about Jacob Blake when I want to do NBA basketball and talk Earl Thomas. Then late August, I, I want. I actually want to do some sports. How many times does this nonsense have to keep on happening until you all get it? Come on, you don't care. Alright, yeah. Let it be one of your own. I bet you I bet you you'll care then. Well he this. Like like their past should excuse their I'm so sick of this. I'm sick and tired of you white folks. You know who you are out there that sit up here and give these yahoos and give these races and give these murderers a pass. I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of y'all making the, these phony, pathetic, asinine half-baked little excuses for them. I'm so sick of it. Like, what they do on their past essentially essentially a, a, a good reason for them to kill somebody. I'm so sick of this. People making excuses for them. Enough!
I'm so sick of it. I am so sick and tired of it. I'm this is just how many times do I have to keep on going through this? How many times do I have to yell, scream, and shout and raise hell about this? For y'all for y'all morons to realize that this must end now. And I got this 17-year-old jerk. This 17-year-old anarchist, this 17-year-old murderer, this 17-year-old punk from, from Illinois who's got AR-15s. And the argument about having AR-15s is already, that's all, that's all, which is another debate altogether. But if you, fine. But the fact that it, below the age limit, it's 18 years old, this kid's 17. With AR-15s, who thinks he's Jack Ruby, is going to go ahead and tell his mom to go ahead and drive him to Kenosha, Wisconsin, because he thinks he's some great American hero, thinks he's, because he thinks he's Batman, is going to have his mother drive him to Wisconsin, thinking that, well, he's going to protect the small, small giving some lame-ass excuse, he's going to go protect the business that's being affected. When he goes up there, thinks he's John Wayne, takes AR-15s up, and, and knocks off two people. And then I gotta sit up here and look on the internet and hear that Tucker Carlson that and hear that Tucker Carlson, that chotch off of Fox News, is gonna sit up here and praise him like he's some great American hero. But yet let that have been a 17-year-old black kid with a gun. He would have been called a, a, a thug. It would have been called everything but a child of God. And y'all know it. And y'all are, are, are intellectually dishonest if you think not. You're a liar. And you, and you are, you, oh, you are, you are insulting my intelligence if you don't think that was the case. That that was a 17-year-old kid and went across the border and took his rifles up and knocked off two people. Y'all would have called him a thug. You would have called him a gang member. And you would have called him a criminal. You would have called him a murderer. And you know good and freaking well that you would have. Especially, especially Tucker Carlson. Especially. And this is the same idiot, the same idiot, a few months back, getting into a fight, getting into a fight and punching women in a parking lot. Here he is. He's sitting there having a discussion. They're sitting up here, they're talking, they're conversing, they're going back and forth, and then here, and then here he comes. Here, and then here he comes right here. He's going to throw a punch. He punches the first. Then he throws the right hand. Then he throws another right hand. Then he sits up here and acts like he, he's Rocky Balboa. And then he runs away. Then he throws another right hand. This guy is a complete clown and a dope. You don't do that. This punk. Sit up here. Thinks he, think he's, think he's Paul Revere. Sit up here on a midnight ride. He's going to take his rifles up and shoot up the freaking place. That ain't his responsibility. That's what the cops are for. And then he walks by, knocks off two people, walks by the cops, and nothing, nothing gets done. Nothing gets to knock off two people with an assault rifle that he's illegally using because he's not of the age, and nothing happens to him. But yeah, black people are just making this up. Like, it's, like it's some sort of fairy tale. We're, we're just making it up and living in a dream world.
Had that been a black kid, they would have had his knee to his neck, took away his gun, and he would have been booked for murder right on the spot. Period. I got this 17-year-old jerk going up there, taking those rifles up and knocking off two people. He gets away with it. Walking past the cops. Yet the people that out there that got good sense in the protesting gotta gotta essentially get arrested and thrown in jail. I mean, really? Y'all tell me that that white privilege doesn't exist. That it's just a folk tale. I mean, give me a break. And I got, and I simply got Tucker Carlson out there praising him like he's some great American hero. When he's out there sucker, sucker punching women in the middle of a, ooh, in the middle of a parking lot. And thinks he's some great American hero is going to take his AR-15s up and infiltrate the protests and knock off two people, walk by the cops and get away with it. That's what really, really, really burnt, burnt, oh, oh, you want to talk about sending me zero to a hundred. Going to sit up here like like he's Gary Sanchez in a fight that the Yankees and the Tigers got into August of 2017. He's going to sit up here and just start throwing punches. Real tough guy. Real tough guy. Real tough guy. A lot of class. Should be a sucker punching women. Now I got Tucker Carlson out there sitting up here praising him like he's some great American hero. Oh, give me a... Lord Jesus, I, I swear, give me a break. No, good enough that was a black kid, his high post would have gotten locked up and booked that night. And, and, you, and you know whose fault this is? Donnie's. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, I said it. That's right. I went there. We're at the point where you can't turn a blind eye to this. He has every, not mo I shouldn't say everything, but if you don't think that Donald Trump and his administration, his presidency, and his divisive rhetoric has not played a part in the, in a, in a, in a, in a and essentially a race war going on right now in the United States, you're naive and you're not paying attention. If you don't think that this that some of this is perpetuated by the divisive racist rhetoric from Donald Trump, you're nuts. You know how I know? Because this because this same punk was sitting up here front row at a Trump rally. And thinks and thinks he's Paul Revere and is gonna go out there with his rifles up and thinks Mr. Law and Order is gonna take his rifles up and knock off two people. Now walk by the cops and get offered water. And y'all sit up here trying to tell me. And y'all sit up here and wonder why black people cry on television, yell, scream, cuss, and shout. Protests and march. Really. When we see an example of right in front of our eyes of white privilege and the bias that's been against black people since the beginning of time. Dylan Roof gets to walk into a freaking church, pray with them, 
shoot the place up. And instead of him being essentially chucked around like like a chucked around like a pile of garbage, he ought to put a knee to his neck. So the people that need to be putting the knees to the next to, they don't do it. They'll put a knee to his neck to George Floyd over a counterfeit $20 bill, but they'll take, but they'll take Dylan Roof, who shot up a freaking church to Burger King because he said he was hungry. You, you see, you see, you see, you see the, you see the con, you see the conflict here. Do you understand, stand, what, why, why I'm so vividly pissed right now? You put a knee to George Floyd's neck over a $20 bill, yet you take Dylan Roof, who wiped out a freaking church after he prayed with them. And you take him to a Burger King because the poor bastard said he was hungry. Really? If you don't think that Donald Trump doesn't play a part in this, you're not paying attention. Because you notice, out of all the stuff he says, he never denounces this crap. And whenever he does say something, he's always finger-pointing. Radical left, radical left. He never gets in front of the microphone and gets on Twitter and says, you know what, you racist yahoos, you cops have been killing black people enough. You you, you know, th this guy taking those right, no, we're not having it. You people are essential, you're not, you're not going to go around killing black people left and right like they're wild animals. You're not doing it. Charlottesville. He didn't go out there. He didn't go out there and say you, you racist, you Ku Klux, you Ku Klux Klan, you anti-Semites, you white supremacists. I look. I don't need your support. I denounce. I denounce what y'all do to hell with all of you. He, he never does that. Yet he gets. Yet yet he gets on television, and and and, and he and the rest of his base essentially take that as an insult because how dare you are God forbid. You us you uh, uh uh you assuming Trump or, or or accusing him of being a racist is is as I guess in his mind committing blasphemy. Now this has been going on in America since the beginning of our country, so it ain't all his fault. I got to be fair, it ain't all his fault. But if you don't think that the climate in America is as high as it's been in quite a long time, if you don't think that he doesn't have a card to play into this, you are naive and you're not paying attention. You are not paying attention. Is he to blame for all of this? No. But if you don't think that he hasn't empowered some of these yahoos going around here acting a fool, you're nuts. And can Patrick Mahomes, instead of posting some half-assed, half-baked statement when he goes on SiriusXM NFL radio or giving Sports Illustrated some stupid quote, can Patrick Mahomes go out there and have some guts and a, and a, and, a, and basically call out people by name? I don't know what the hell he's afraid of. I, I understand he's a mixed kid, so he has to play quote-unquote both ends of the coin. But for the love of God, if Pete Carroll can go out there and say something, if Joe Burrow, who hasn't proved himself in the NFL yet to say something... If Aaron Rodgers and a whole lot of other black, or excuse me, a whole lot of other superstar white athletes can go out there and have the balls to go out there and say something and to tell their white brethren to cut the BS, if if they if they aren't scared to say it, why in the hell is Patrick Mahomes scared to say it? In case I in case in case my memory is flawed or if I have a misunderstanding, Patrick Mahomes is black, Aaron Rodgers, Pete Carroll, Joe Burrow, or not. Christian Yelich, they are not black.
Patrick Mahomes is black. I don't know what the hell his issue is with being so freaking scared to call out this BS and, and, and need to stop being so freaking polite and such a and such a people pleaser. He needs to go out there and show some guts and call out this nonsense. And if he pisses and if he pisses off a couple of racist yahoos in the process in the middle of country Missouri, then so be it. And if he's scared for his life that he has to have bodyguards, he makes $5 million, $500 million with that big contract, put the money to use, and let's get it done. I don't know whether he's afraid to piss off his girlfriend ain't worth two dead flies smashed, his girlfriend's parents. I don't, I don't know what the hell his issue is. We, Patrick Mahomes needs to show some, need to grow the balls and go out there and name, and name names and be direct, be definitive, and be... Uh, assertive about this nonsense and, and need and need to call it out for what it is. I don't know whether he thinks he's LeBron James in the NFL as far as racial equality and, and, and as an activist is concerned, but he, he ain't a he ain't he ain't nowhere near in LeBron's neighborhood as far as being an activist is concerned from 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 a professional athlete standpoint. Nowhere near. LeBron James ain't afraid to go out there and piss off people. LeBron James goes out there, says what he has to say, says what's on his mind, what's on his heart, and if he pisses off of, uh, and if he pisses off people doing it, then so be it. LeBron James could care less. He goes ahead, tells him to kick rocks, and he keeps it moving. Patrick Mahomes, on the other hand, was so worried about being liked by everybody. How about him go out there and have some guts to say something instead of donating, instead of donating, donating money to some asinine animal shelter? Animals got more freaking rights than black people have. Hell, they said they locked, not excusing what Michael Vick did, but hell, they locked up Michael Vick for damn near 10 years in a federal penitentiary. We have to beg, scratch, claw, and plead for Breonna Taylor to, to, to just even be arrested. Let alone a trial, just arrested. Props to the Ravens for having the guts. They went out there and said something. Had the they the Baltimore Ravens give them a lot of credit. They at least had the guts to go out there and say something. Props to the Baltimore Ravens for that. Take a break. I get to some sports. Sick of this, man. Enough's enough. Back with the Amatelic and TIS podcast right after this.
Welcome back to the I'ma Tell It Like a T.I. Is podcast. All you good white folks out there. Us black folks are counting on y'all to get to your uh, white counterparts that uh, have their head in the sand or are just downright hateful people because we cannot do it alone. We only make up 13% of the population. Good white folk out there, and there's plenty of you out there. We need to uh, need your help. Welcome back to the program. Uh, now we can get. Now that I got that off my chest, we can now get to some sports. Um, whew, my goodness. Uh, I wasn't so. Sure. Do the Lakers and the not the Lakers. Do the Clippers and the Mavericks first. I'll get to Luka Doncic's phenomenal performance from last Sunday. They the series is now. Uh, the series is now over. They. Uh, no wait, is it? Is the series over? Let me make sure I got this right. Uh, yep. So the Clippers win the series against uh, against the Mavericks, one eleven to ninety seven. They won it in six games as the Clippers move on to the second round. I get the Luka Doncic's uh, phenomenal performance from last Sunday in a minute. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, had thirty three points, ten re- uh, fourteen rebounds, seven assists, five steals. Uh, Paul George went back to Pandemic P for one game. He essentially, outside of, uh, what was that game? I think it was game five. Was it game five? It might have been game five or game five or game four. One of those two games where uh, Paul George bro- broke out of his uh, slump. And he and the slump went right, came right back because, you know, 40 minutes and only put up 15 points with uh, seven rebounds and no assists, shooting six from 19 from the field to a seven from behind the three-point line. So it looks like Pandemic P will be with us heading into the second round after he broke out of it uh, for game, uh, what was it, game five of uh, this series against the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Um uh, let's go back and do Luca right quick. Uh, was that game five actually where he broke out of his slump? Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, it was game five broke out of his slump on that was on Tuesday night. On Sunday, last Sunday, uh, what a phenomenal game that was. Uh, Mavericks won. In case you were living under rock, Mavericks beat the Clippers one thirty five to one thirty three. Luka Doncic with uh, one of the great, uh, one of the great playoff performances you ever going to see. Uh, forty three points, forty three points, a block, two t- two steals, thirteen assists, seventeen rebounds, and he hit the game winning three at the end of overtime. A buzzer beater from uh, well, I think that was from thirty five feet. He hit that game-winning buzzer beater at the end of overtime last Sunday to give the Mavericks the two-point 
uh, victory. Uh, Pandemic P, uh, yes, he was 45 minutes playing essentially five quarters of basketball, only scoring nine points with uh, with eight rebounds, three assists, and one steal. So he broke out of it, and uh, he broke out of his slump in game five, slumped again in game uh, six. Lucky that uh, Kawhi Leonard bailed him out again, which he has been for the majority of the series. So it looks like we'll have Pandemic P going back into uh, going back into uh, not going back into, but going into the uh, next, the semifinals with the LA Clippers as the Dallas Mavericks say goodnight, but Luka Doncic is one hell of a basketball player. One of the greatest performances you're ever going to see. I believe, I forget the exact stat, but he did something that only Oscar Robinson and, and Charles Barkley have ever done. And when you're in the, in the company of those two, that's, uh, that's something to be proud of. So the Clippers, so the Mavericks say goodnight to 2020. Clippers move on. Uh, and then let's get to the 76ers right quick. Who got swept last, it's a week ago, but I didn't address it, so I'll address it right here, right now. 76ers are a complete mess. Uh, I don't know, Joel Embiid, watching him play basketball is one of the most frustrating things you can ever do. Watching Joel Embiid play basketball, especially when he's by himself. Uh, it's just, you know, he needs to, and my cousin brought up a good point. Uh, we were at the dinner on uh, Friday night, and we, last little dinner before she went off the college, and she brought up a great point. You know, Joel Embiid, Joel, if Joel Embiid wants to succeed as the NBA player, he has to get, he has to essentially get out of Philadelphia. But the problem is, is that he loves being in Philadelphia so much just because he's that team star. He is the guy in Philadelphia. Rather, if he were to go to another team, a la the Clippers, a la the uh a la the uh, Lakers or team up with uh or team up with Giannis in Milwaukee, you know, he, he has to he has to be the Robin. He has to be the co star. And Embiid doesn't want that. He wants to be the guy. The problem is when he's the guy in Philadelphia, they don't win. Uh, and, and it's about the second playoff series and there's what, about two two playoff series uh two playoff series losses to the Celtics in three years where they were outed by the by the Boston Celtics and this time it and it was not pretty. I mean, they, they barely they were competitive in about a couple in about two games, they, or if that they were. Oh my goodness, they were a mess. To who decided to give Tobias Harris all that money it needs their freaking head examined. Uh, and Joel Embiid, what is taking too many jump shots? He never stays healthy. I I just watching the Philadelphia 76ers play basketball is really really frustrating. And then Ben Simmons doesn't have a jump shot. You can't be, you cannot be a point guard in today's NBA and have a jump shot. You can't step in and fart around and date the Jenners and every you know and be in the news for all the for all the stupid crap. And they get out on the basket basketball court and and embarrass yourself. You know, not have a jump shot, barely score any points. You can't have that. And Joel Embiid playing a center in today's NBA. As the primary uh, facilitator of the offense, it just doesn't work because that's not because today's NBA it's about who's it's about who's running the point and then you have a decent small forward. You can't have basically your guy be a center in today's NBA. You, you, you just can't, you can't win doing it, you know. And, and you're going to need to shoot threes, but no one needs to see Joel Embiid shoot nine million threes when he's around seven feet tall in a center. And you want Ben Simmons to shoot the threes. The problem is he, he the problem is he can't. So the Philadelphia 76ers are a complete mess. Brett Brown got fired uh, that Monday, last Monday as a result. Uh, I don't know what their what their issue is, but they got to figure out something or else they'll be right back to the basement 
and uh, trust the process. Well, what did that get you? Uh, playoff appearances, Joel Embiid crying like a baby after Kawhi Leonard, and then uh, a bunch of uh, early early uh, playoff and uh, excuse me, and a bunch of early round playoff exits. That's what trust the process got you. But uh, that's the 76 as We say goodnight to them. Lakers moved on last night, beating the uh, beating the uh, Trailblazers in five games. We all knew that was coming. Whether it was going to be uh, whether it was going to be Thursday night or Saturday night because of the because of the uh, the I'm not I don't call it a boycott because you know when you boycott you're supposed to you know the, the NBA didn't do anything to them the players essentially and for good reason too they uh, you know they went on strike so I don't I don't call it a boycott I don't call it a uh, I don't call it a um, you know, I I call it, they went on strike, not necessarily against the NBA, but they said, you know what, we got bigger issues, bigger fish to fry, with our people and the world in general. You know, I know that they were limited because you know, and you would have liked to have seen them. Me personally, I would have liked to have seen them leave Orlando to uh, you know go back to their home cities to uh, to protest and to uh, be and to breathe down the necks of the people that are in charge that have these policies in place. But they chose, and, and I can't blame either way, because, you know, paycheck, the league needs the TV money, and and it's not like it's regular season. You know, they're in the playoffs, and, you know, trying to win a championship, you know, you don't, you don't want to look back in your career and say, man, we left the bubble for good reason, but could and don't want to live coulda, woulda, shoulda about winning a championship. You don't, you don't want that, especially, God forbid, you have a freak injury, career gets cut short, or, you know, it, something happens that you didn't see in the past, and all of a sudden it happens, and you wish that you would have seized the moment of the opportunity to go ahead and go get a championship. But the Lakers move on. They beat the, they beat the Blazers last night. C.J. McCollum and Kamal Anthony did all they could, and Nurkic, they did all they could, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis reign supreme as they move on and they will play the winner of, uh, of OKC and Houston. As uh, They will play the winner of OKC and Houston while the Clippers will move on and play the winner of Nuggets and Jazz in the West. Uh, the Heat and Raptors move on. Heat take care of business against the Pacers. Raptors took care of business against the Brooklyn Nets. Raptors lost game one earlier this afternoon against the Boston Celtics. Heat, their first game will be will be tomorrow evening. And uh, let's see if I can give you the, uh, the Raptors and the Celtics line right quick while I have you here. Um, Raptors, Raptors beat the, uh, Raptors beat the, excuse me, lost to the Celtics, 112 to 94. Uh, Kemba, not Kemba, Jason Tatum, he'll start with him first. 21 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Uh, and then you had Kemba Walker, 18 points, uh, 10 steals, three rebounds, and excuse me, 10 assists, a steal, and three rebounds. Marcus Smart, 21 points. Uh, uh, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal for him. Go to the uh, let's go to the Raptors side and give you Pascal Siakam. You know they had a, they had a rough night. Kyle Lowry, uh, Mark Gasol, Freddie Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam all barely uh, cracked the uh, not e they're not even they didn't crack the, uh, the the twenty point margin as far as points scored individually is concerned. Which is why you know it only resulted in 94 points, but the Raptors are down 0-1 to the Boston Celtics. Their first loss of the postseason, uh, as the Celtics keep on winning. 
And just a little quick item of information, not an item of information, but something I want to get off my chest, and then we'll get to a break, and I'll get to Earl Thomas, and I'll get on to some other things. But for, uh, so I don't know if you know, but last Sunday was what is what would have been the late Kobe Bryant's 42nd birthday. And uh, and then August the 24th would have been Kobe Bryant. Well, it was Kobe Bryant Day. And to pay tribute to that, Nike came out with the special black mamba. You've seen them with the little black snakeskin jerseys that they have at the uh, Lakers war on uh, Monday, last Monday night. Well, and they had those jerseys available. They were going to drop Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And when I found, and if I got old about it, I say, you, on the on the Nike sneakers app, put my information in. I, I was ahead of the game. Put my shipping information in, number, credit card. I, I, I was ready. Set the alarm. Woke up 10 minutes early before they dropped just to make sure I was wide awake and, and, uh, and uh, aware. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not conscience, but alert for uh, for the sale. 10 o'clock comes, click it, I get in line, waiting, 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 sold out. And this is like 30 seconds into 10 o'clock in the east. And, I click, and then it's like, oh, they got Largeville. All right, fine, click the large, waiting, in line, in line, in line, sold out. Hold, hold the jersey sold out on the on the Nike sneakers app in, in 50 seconds. And I go on the NBA store because the NBA store had the same thing. Their website crashes. So I thought, well, it was a hot item. You know, L.A. fans woke up 7 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. Eh, whatever. But I read on. But the thing that really set me off is that I read earlier today that a bunch of tech, that a bunch of techno wads, a bunch of, a bunch of tech savvy, overly, uh, you know, those dopes that sit up here in their basement, you know, with the glasses, the the real nerdy, skinny-looking kids with the with their uh, with the t-shirt, with the uh, graphic novel or the or the nerdy t-shirts on, with the bad haircut and the and the glasses hanging and the coke bottle glasses hanging off of their nose that spend 18 hours a day fooling around with their computer in a nice little uh in a nice little setup. Yeah, those dopes essentially a bunch of had a bunch of bots put together. All the all the all the techno punks got together and got the bots organized to the point where how Nike, a multi a corporation worth billions, allows this to happen. But uh, they essentially bought out all the jerseys, so no so no one of the general public that was planning to get a Kobe Bryant special edition Black Mama jersey with an eight on the front, twenty four in the back, nobody got one. Because because a bunch of te- because a bunch of uh, a bunch of techno uh, chachas essentially ca- had you know spent till two o'clock in the morning organizing their bots and basically counted down like Happy New Year to ten a.m. and they bought and they bought them all bought up all the jerseys so they can go ahead and they can resell them on uh, on eBay or Amazon for five times the amount that the jerseys were actually worth which was a hundred and twenty dollars. So that 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 bothered me. I gotta admit that bothered me. Simply so trying to do something nice, pay tribute to the legend. All I'm trying to do is get a nice little Kobe jersey. 
I respect this game, respect with and I'm not a, I'm not a Laker fan, but still, I, wa I wanted the jersey, interested, and was planning on getting the jersey. And the fact that me and anybody else that were that were uh, and anybody else that and there are people out there that are much, 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 much bigger Kobe fans than I am, and much, 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 much bigger Laker fans than I am. The fact that they couldn't get it, that 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 that, that I got to be honest, that pisses that pissed me off. That that was BS. That was me. And the fact that Nike simply has a bug in their system to allow that to happen is beyond me. A corporation worth billions that's making uniforms for three out of the four major uh, professional sports in America. That's got every that's got every big name athlete known to man sign on to him from LeBron James to Serena Williams to Tiger Woods to uh, to, to Mike Trout to. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you, you go down the list, and the fact that they allowed that to happen it is a disgrace on the part of Nike. And then you know, what they should do is come is is to basically work around those bots, put a firewall up against that nonsense, uh, and put the jerseys out there for sale again, whether around Christmas time or around the date that uh, that last Sunday in January when he passed away, whenever that date is, January twenty something. But they should put them out again, allow them, and allow the fans to get them. Because that, because that wasn't right. That wasn't right. Take a break. I got plenty to say about Earl Thomas getting cut by the Ravens. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. This is the Amatelica TIS podcast. Michael Jackson would have been his 62nd birthday on the 29th as we welcome you back to the Yamantel Like a TIS podcast. Uh, switching gears now to the National Football League because there was a big-time player that has that was cut within the last week since the last time I chatted with you guys. Um, Earl Thomas, safety of the Baltimore Ravens, was cut last week by the team for essentially, for lack, you know, his teammates essentially kicked him off the team. He got into a fight at training camp practice with, um, what is, what's the guy's name? Uh, Ian, what's the name of the, uh, the safety that Earl Thomas got cut by or fought with? Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark. That's my brother out there in the background. Chuck Clark. Thanks, Ian. So it got cut by uh, a cut essentially for getting into a fight with Ravens safety Chuck Clark uh, in the middle of a training camp practice, and that was according to the Ravens that was a plot that was want that was, I guess that was the final straw because there was a plethora of issues and run-ins that Earl Thomas had with that with the Ravens franchise um, being late to meetings. I heard it late being late to meetings. You know, he he didn't like the system that the Ravens had, and he still wanted to basically play and run and have and play with the same quote unquote system that he played in Seattle. 
so he really didn't comply to the to the how the Ravens did things as far as playbook is concerned and and uh, defensive strategy. He was late to meetings. Uh, late though, you know, he 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 essentially had had the motive of just not giving a crap. You know, who are you? I'm Earl Thomas. I'm a, I'm the highest paid player on the team. I'm, I'm above the law. I do what I want. Uh, which which any team, any NFL team worth their salt is going to stand for, especially if you're a team, you know, trying to make that has Super Bowl aspirations, such as the Baltimore Ravens. You're not you're not going to go for that, nor should you. And the Ravens, one of the most I mean, I just, I just complimented them on the on the on the terrific statement they made regarding Jacob Blake and Black Lives Matter and the protests and everything else. But they, they as you can see, the Baltimore Ravens are first class, top notch, phenomenal, magnificent organization. Uh, you know, they do things the right way, they run things the right way, and it's just phenomenal leadership. And the team is a is a tight is a night is a there's a, a tip-top ran ship from the top on down. I mean, can you imagine the Baltimore Ravens had Bill Belichick? You want to talk about a, a, a football? You want to talk about football uh, perfection? If you, the way the Ravens run things from a business standpoint and how they handle their players, and you had Belichick coaching the team, it, oh my goodness gracious, they they they'd be impeccable. But anyway, Earl Thomas cut by the Baltimore Ravens now a free agent. Uh, which which uh, I I've been on the record, and you all can go back and go check check out the late, the uh, previous episodes. I came on here and yelled and screamed back in June that old Thomas should have got June May when it, whenever it was that he had that fiasco with uh, cheating on his wife and his wife holding in a gump. Whenever that was, I told y'all then the Ravens shouldn't have wasted time and and they should have cut him. I told y'all then. He, that he should have been cut, okay? He fought it, fought around, cheating on your wife, having a threesome with your brother, which is a whole other different scenario and a whole other different conversation. And then he's, and then he's, you know, and then to the point where his wife is so crazy that he holds him at gunpoint, like as if like a shooting's going to go down. So I would have cut the Raven. If I would, I said this, I'm on regular saying. If I was the Ravens, I would have cut Earl Thomas right then and there. Did he do anything wrong? No. But if I'm the Ravens, I can't be at a point where I, I got to be uh, creating all these distractions when we're sitting here trying to win a championship. Okay, this season for the Ravens is Super Bowl or bust. They have Super Bowl expectations. Okay, granted, you kind of have to win a playoff, game, but but the Ravens, it's Super Bowl or bust. They had the best record in all of football last year. They got last year's reigning NFL MVP, and you know, big trust this, big trust that. You you have to uh, you you kind of and and the defense is is yeah, good defense. They gotta, they gotta show up and show out, and they gotta meet the expectations. The Super Bowl or bust for the Ravens, and I said, and I've been on record of saying, the Ravens should have cut him as soon as that information broke out. Not because that he did anything wrong, but the fact to eliminate the distractions when we are in a season, albeit crazy and unknown with COVID, but we're in a season where we, where, where we're trying to win a championship. 
Super Bowl or bust, okay? You want to win a championship, you got to run a tight ship, which means no nonsense, no no, no cheating on your wife, none of that. And for what I've gathered, he's been nothing but a big distraction since he's been in Raven uniform. Whether it's fought, whether it's a situation with his wife, whether it's uh, being late for meetings, this fight that he got into, he, he's he, uh, for lack of a better word, he's been he's been a, a a team cancer essentially. Any any time where a team goes up to the head coach Harbaugh and Acosta the GM and says, "Look, we all know what we're trying to do here in this season. If we're fortunate enough to get through and get to and get to the Super Bowl without any play stoppages because of COVID." Our goal is to be in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium, Super Bowl 55, 20 years after the 2000 Ravens did it. We're trying to do the same thing 20 years later. Whether there's fans in the building or not, our goal is to be playing Raymond James, Tampa, Super Bowl 55 against the Saints, the 49ers, whoever it might be. That's our goal. And... This guy clearly, I, and this is what I imagine what the conversation was, Eric T- Earl Thomas clearly doesn't care. He doesn't care enough to show up to meetings on time. He doesn't care to the point where, he, where it's my way or the highway as far as defensive schemes are concerned. He's getting into, into a no-name, Chuck Clark, who not in opposition. He's getting into a fight with a member. Typically, when you get into fights in training camp, you know, it's corner versus wide receiver. It's running back versus, you know, linebacker. This guy is fighting someone of, of, of his own position, which even for even for coaches that like, you know, the training camp fights, they 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 would have to admit that it's that that it's strange. So that fight essentially was the last straw, and I said it then, and I'll say it now. Earl Thomas, no, he should have been cut right then and there when that situation broke out with with him and his brother having a threesome, cheating on his wife. Not again, not because by love of the law he did anything wrong. But if I'm the Ravens and if I'm Harbaugh, you can't have a distraction. You're going to have enough distractions as it is. With COVID, with it playing in the middle of a pandemic, having that in the back of your mind, playing with at least with Ravens, they won't have any home game. They won't have any fans at their home games this year. That'll be a distraction. What's going on in the world? Oh, granted, for granted, we need to pay attention to what's going on. But as a professional athlete, that can, that can, that can be not a distraction, but it can be distracting, and also have to worry about that at the same time. We're in the middle of an election year. You're also trying to lead a team to go to the Super Bowl. So they're going to have enough enough as is. Not to mention all the not to mention whatever media availability they do have. They'll have to answer for the fact that they back to back years won their division and and have gone zero two and uh, and home playoff games with Lamar Jackson against substandard opponents that they should have beaten. Lamar Jackson being uh, MVP unanimous MVP and trying to repeat and take, they got enough distractions as is they didn't need another one Earl Thomas which is why you saw the team literally go up the highest paid player on the team mind you knowing that if the Ravens cut them they would have to eat the dead cap space but they say you know what it's championship of bust this year this guy is a cancer I want him out and to me I don't blame the Ravens one bit whatsoever I do not I think they should have cut him earlier, 
but good job for the good job to the Ravens by cutting him. A little late in my taste, but hey, I'm not the one who's uh, who's making the decisions. I live five minutes from where they make the decisions. I live about five minutes away from the Ravens' practice facility where I live, but I'm not the one who's making the decisions. DaCosta, Harbaugh, Dick Cass, uh, Steve Bashotti, those guys are in charge, not, not Jai Shields. That's the Raven piece. The other piece is if the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones are dumb enough are stupid enough, are crazy enough to go and foaming at the mouth and to go run to snatch up Earl Thomas, they're out of their minds, okay? Here's all, here's all the four things you need to know. Earl Thomas, last game as a Seahawk, broke his leg, got carted off, looked at Pete Carroll, gave him the finger. Okay, this is the same coach that uh, helped him win a Super Bowl and go to back-to-back Super Bowls at that, gives Pete Carroll the finger, Okay. And the, and the playoff game, again, like I've said it 9 million times, playoff game back in January, once upon a time, the guy was, Errol Thomas turned into Derrick Henry's fullback. You can play that run, you can play the gift on the loop 9 million times. Didn't know what to do, got spun around, got turned around, Derrick Henry said, here, you turn around, turn around, go ahead and block your teammates for me while I go run the ball 80 yards downfield. Gets caught at gunpoint by his wife for cheating on her with his brother, no, no less. And then thinks he's missed the wise guy, thinking he's going to get out in front of it when the, when the story itself is a month old. And thinking that he's going to somehow beat TMZ to the punch. When in reality, he just looked like a fool because the story, it wasn't, it wasn't a breaking story within the last, you know, out, whatever hours it was when, T, when TMZ released the story. That, that, this, the altercation happened a month ago, and Earl Thomas has said instead of the same night when it happened, instead of him trying to get out in front of it then, he waits until he until he or his agent or someone gets hold of the fact that TMZ is going to release it to the general public, and he gets out on Instagram and, and, and tries to get out in front of it. Not to mention, not to mention, his team found out by by the video that he put up on his Instagram or whatever social media that he did. So he cheats on his wife, doesn't inform the doesn't inform his employer or the or the public right then and there at the spot. The story essentially marinates for a month. He gets hold that TMZ is going to release it because you know in the middle of May we're dying for something sports related to talk about, and then he thinks, well, I'm, well, hey, I'm be, I'm gonna be smart and I'm gonna get in, in front of this, and he goes ahead and he and he posts and he says what he says. But yet, not one word was said to the Ravens, and he really didn't get out in front of anything because it was an old story, and relative to the time that it happened. And I say all, and then he's getting into a fight in the middle of training camp and late the meetings, and basically saying it's my way, the highway when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the, when it came to the Ravens' uh, defensive, uh, you know, defensive playbook and 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 and, and how the secondary plays on defense. So for Jerry Jones and all you Dallas Cowboy fans, Jacob Babble Bosses, that mean I'm talking to you, that are foaming at the mouth right now, and are and think that signing Earl Thomas is is my God, what a no-brainer scenario. You need your head examined. 
He gave the finger to his coach. At, he gave the finger to a coach that helped him win a championship when he broke his leg. He turned it. He turned it into a turnstile in a Titan game. Failed to fail to be uh, uh, honest and upfront with the Ravens when it came to the situation with his wife, and then he gets into a fight with a teammate and training camp practice of his of, of his own same position. One like he got into a fight with uh, Marquise Brown. He got into a fight with another safety. So if you want Ro Thomas, you're either you're, you're you're stupid essentially. If you take that chance, buyer beware. And 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 let's be fair, old Thomas of now is not the old Thomas of 2013, 2014. Let let's call let's call it like you see it. Earl, Earl, Earl Thomas essentially Earl Thomas essentially made it to the Pro Bowl last year by association. And of all the Ravens that went to Orlando, he was the least deserving of it. He essentially made it because he's Earl Thomas and guilty by association with playing with all that many Pro Bowlers. So so the fans voted him in. But look at his stats compared to recent years. That was not a Pro Bowl caliber season by Earl Thomas by any stretch, especially that playoff game against the Titans. That that was a disgrace. Ravens should have cut him earlier than they did, but I'm glad they did it anyway. Earl Thomas deserves it. Come right back. I'll be back to wrap things up. I'm talking TIS podcast. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amatel Like the TI Is podcast. Quick uh, items of business, and before we say goodbye, um, real quick, just to get to a couple of uh, history tidbits that you all should be aware of and should know. Uh, on what day was this? What day? August 28th, this past Friday. Big uh, pivotal moment in civil rights history. Branch Rickey met with uh, Jackie Robinson, uh, which would be one of the kickstarters of Jackie Robinson making history, breaking baseball's color barrier. Of course, she had the March on Washington as well in 19, on uh, what year was that? On uh, August 28, 1963, the famous March on Washington and Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. 
You also had uh, on the same day in 1955, Roy Bryant and J.W. Milliam abducted 14-year-old Emmett Till and and essentially slaughtered him to death. He killed him uh, all because of the alleged all all because of the alleged uh, that Emmett Till whistled at a white woman when he was out, when he was uh, out. In uh, I believe that was in Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, I think that woman is still alive. And she said about a few years ago that that it was a that it was that she made it up, and that it's uh, and that it was nothing more than a uh, a fabrication, which is unfortunate. But hey, that's that that's the world that we live in then, and we live in now. Uh, on this date, on August 30th, in 1960, 61, Atlanta Public Schools integrated. As nine black students entered four previously all-white schools in Atlanta, uh, that's on this day in 1961, and then on 1967, eight years later, you had, and it's ironic because um, my parents watched the movie Marshall, of course, that uh, where the great and now the late, sadly, uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, the who played Jackie Robinson in Forty Two, Thurgood Marshall in the movie Marshall, with which my parents uh, watched last night, uh, and then he of course played James Brown in Get On Up, and he was also in that movie uh, Twenty One Bridges, and played uh, King T'Challa, Black Panther in the in the Marvel uh, Avengers series, I think from. Uh, uh, Civil War, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, and Captain America: Civil War, Avengers: Infinity War, Avengers: Endgame, and then of course Black Panther. But I bring it up ironically enough because today, on this day, August thirtieth, nineteen sixty-seven, Thurgood Marshall became the first black man confirmed as a U.S. Supreme Court justice. So put so that is your black history for uh for today and then of course i mentioned early in the program that the great michael jackson would have turned uh would have turned uh, 62 years old uh on the 29th of august 2020 if he had been still with us but i appreciate you guys for listening to not this this show but to the episode I did with Dog, you can find that. Uh, you can find that episode. Just uh, subscribe to the Amatel Akatelia's podcast, or go to at Amatel underscore it T I is on Twitter to find that episode with me and Christopher Mad Dog Russo pinned at the top of the account page. Um, increase in Instagram following for sure. You know, I got people coming out the woodwork where I haven't seen nor talked to in, in uh, quite a few years that would know uh, Chris Russo from uh, from Mike Francesa. All of a sudden, I'm getting an increase in Instagram followers and then on Twitter. My Twitter follower count is up to, let me see if I can give y'all this right quick, um, is up to 447. And when that episode came out, it had to have been about 350 something, so... I appreciate you all for listening. I appreciate the followers and the support and, and the congratulations and the compliments. Um, and the great Funhouse, the great uh, back after this RNN's Funhouse, the great Twitter account that documents or did document the career of Mike Francesa and now Christopher uh, Mad Dog Russo. And then, of course, his tweets with the Sopranos and 
in sports and everything else. He a guy to follow from him, so I appreciate him for following me on Twitter, and I appreciate for the promotional tweet that he sent out last Sunday night of uh, promoting that episode with the great uh, with the great Chris Russo on. Um, uh, but I just appreciate y'all for that, and I uh, and if you're new to the program, just you know, keep on listening. I appreciate your support, and I appreciate uh, you being a fan and listener of the I'm Tell I Can Tell You's podcast. I also appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of this podcast. If you're new to the program, follow me on Twitter at the J Shield and Instagram as well at the J Shield. Follow me, follow the show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it T I S. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast. Your boy Josh Shields. Y'all stay safe out there. Black Lives Matter. Uh, and be sure to vote in this year's election. Y'all take care.